Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Andrew Curtis. He is the president and creative director of Fuel VM for over 15 years. Fuel VM is a brand development um, who paints solutions with design, web development, app development, SEO, and communications. Curtis has over 25 of years of creative industry experience and has been lucky enough to work with some fantastic organizations like Boy Scouts of America, World Scouting, Trinity Broadcasting Network, and Microsoft. A little bit more about FuelVM. They're a creative communications company focusing on brand definition, development, and execution. They advocate for their clients' um, ends um, in order to bring um, them together with elite tools, uh, creative design, and messaging. Some of these tools include web, print, email, um, micro campaigns, and visual branding programs. Thank you, Andrew, for being on the show. How are you today? I am glorious. How are you, Sean? It is getting warmer, so it's all good with me. Instead of being 20 and flurry, it's 50 and sunny. So there we I can't be can't argue with that. <laughs> perfect. Perfect, so, perfect, perfect. So it, you, I mean We've known each other for a couple months now with it from a mutual inter, um, introduction with Harry Howe. And it was interesting to me how I think just in the, the, uh, the, or the uh, company description itself of micro, you know, campaigns and engagement or not engagements, micro campaigns. I think the first question I'm going to ask you is, is um, knowing the difference between B2B and B2C and having experience with both of those clients. Why do you think companies have trouble targeting with B2B and B2B prospects? If you want to split those up a little bit or approach it however you want. Uh, sure. The, the, the biggest thing that I think is interesting is that companies tend to do better with either customers or in B2B communications um, because those two audiences are coming from such a different uh, decision-making place. Um, you know, even think about your own, your own home. Um, you know, when you choose to spend money out of your own pocket, the things that you're worried about are totally different than if you choose to spend money in a business setting. Um, and that your motivations are just, I mean, they're just different worlds. Um, you know, when you're at, in, in, in your home, um, you can let emotions start to, um, dictate whether you choose one vendor or another. Um, and the decision making process is just, um, vastly different and, and companies, you know, again, big companies tend to understand the difference, but, but I've just found that most companies have a really tough time being able to segregate, Hey, if this is a personal decision, um, you know, those audiences are totally different. Their, their criteria for decision-making are just totally different than, uh, the B2B universe. So everything's essentially based on emotion. So how do you go about approaching fixing, um, you know, people's emotions? I mean, either good or bad. I mean, it could be good where it, it, you have to pivot your company. It could be bad that you have to get them back on board. Like, can you share some examples of that, of things that you've seen, your experience, sure. observations? Yeah, what, well, I think you just kind of said something really, really interesting is that everything's based on emotions. Um, you know, I'll walk into clients all the time and, and they'll say things like, well, price is the only thing that matters. 
um, which I always find cute because I would highly disagree because they're not wearing the cheapest jeans or wearing the cheapest shoes or living in the cheapest house um, that they can. It's it's the representation of value that is far more important than strictly price. Um, and and companies that do a good job of realizing, hey, don't don't allow themselves to be commoditized. It's a lot harder to get squeezed on money. Um, and you know, I, that as much as anything, um, is, is where I tend to focus in on, on emotions. Um, as far as getting companies back on track, you know, I, I have, as you know, the, the experience of being able to say, um, you really only get to make that first impression once, but that's true of that entire relationship. Uh, if you are, if if you have a solid brand and, and companies inherently trust you, and you do a good job, you know, for 99 days out of 100, they're going to let you skip over that hundredth day that you got a problem. But if you screw up 10 out of 90, um, now you're starting to get into a little more of a of an issue. So that's where emotion, to me, always comes in, um, and that's really what brand is. You know, just what they think about you and the ability to say. Um, hey, if you're going to influence uh, my emotions because you're going to um, appeal to my uh, family or appeal to my place in a family um, just because of my age, um, those are all you know fair game as far as I'm concerned uh, in marketing and advertising and branding. But for companies to be able to kind of turn that turn that ship, um, it is a lot harder to be able to come back from a negative place rather than just putting companies or putting prospective companies in a positive light. Um, that's why I like, to be honest, that's why I like staying in B2B. Um, B2C can be so um, just temporary, you know? I mean, uh, and again, without necessarily naming companies necessarily, but, you know, a, a, a B2C engagement tends to be, you know, a bit of a one-off, you know, hey, am I going to buy carpet? Am I going to buy a particular soda? Am I going to buy um, a particular durable good um, or choose an insurance company? Um, B2B, again, just tends to be a much longer play. Um, you know, some of the companies that I'm working with now, I mean, I've worked with since I opened um, and we've had a chance to, to deal with those ups and downs. Um, but trying to put the genie back in the box, if you had a bad experience, uh, good luck with that. Um, much more difficult. It's, just, it's like trying to catch Casper. It can't be. It's, it's really hard to be done unless you're unless it's the Ghostbusters or something like that. <laughs> but you, you raise up a well, good you know, point. Right, you... uh, oh, go ahead. No, it's... It, but it, but it, you know, look, you you're trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube when you have a bad experience. I mean, I, you know, again, if emotion is going to be the the driver, so often, um, you know, one bad experience is really tough to recover from. Um, or I'm sorry, one isn't bad, but two, wow. I mean, you you've really got to to be on your game to be able to start recovering from things like that. Yeah, oh, definitely. And you raise up a good point. Not only were you, you you've, you've mentioned a lot about your customers, but it's also your, your personal brand too, or your company's brand to serve those customers that you have to, you have to be aware of. Yeah. And, and, and in a B2B environment, um, it, it's such a different universe. 
um, you know, like, look, the, the general public has no idea what, what my business does or what often, you know, many of my clients do. Um, but the, the industries and their peers and their target companies do. And, and that all matters. Um, you know, look, there's a reason that I've made the, the design choices I have for my own company. Um, and there's reasons that I would make design choices for my clients and who they want to go interact with. Um, all those things matter. Uh, and, and being able to control that, I mean, that's magic and it's just worth its weight in gold. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I mean, there's a, there's an emotion behind it. There's a psychology behind it. There is, and and I want to know more about, um, let's say, um, a client, you know, has two bad experiences. What is your process to help them change their mindset? on you and just think like you know it's going to be three strikes you're out kind of thing kind of deal how do you change their mindset <laughs> yeah. to make them feel a little bit more how do you market back to them of you know saying you know we're the best ones to help you out with this yeah I, to, to me it's a constant process it's not even just kind of change management you know if, if a client has a bad uh experience um all you can do is fall on your sword and say hey you know what uh, we're sorry, we're going to do it better next time. Well, telling me that doesn't really, doesn't really change, um, change the results. It's, it's the consistency of that. Um, you know, like I, I work with one client who, um, you know, I've been, been close with for years and years and I've made more than two mistakes, but the whole point is, Hey, I have a, I've had a hundred hits, um, to cover up for those two mistakes as we've gone along. And that that's a consistent process. And every time that you, um, you know, that, that you as a company um, make a mistake, all you can do is to say, you know, look, all I can do is fix the problem. Um, I can't go back. I can't change it. Um, and if you get a reputation for, you know, fixing problems instead of making excuses, uh, that, again, that is going to pay off. Um, you know, pointing fingers never gets anybody anywhere. And that's true of all brands. Um you know, Toyota, for crying out loud, um, we're talking about, what, five, six years ago, they're having brake issues, actually longer than that, I guess, um, having massive brake issues, but they were already considered such a fantastic product that they had two or three brake issues in the same year, and, and you barely, you know, had a, had a bump in sales associated with it. But it's because they had already built up so much goodwill in the market by, you know, having those hundred hits. Um, but all you can do is make that part of your culture. It isn't just a, uh, a communications campaign of going oops, um, and making it all right. It just doesn't work that way. Definitely. It's like, it's, it's about like batting averages or free throw percentages or shooting percentages. I mean, it's all about percentages of if you are consistent and you're doing your good work and you're practicing good practices, um, for clients that, you know, a good percentage of those are, are going to be good wins or they're going to be good for the client. And there might be some of them that are bad, but I mean, I like your, your mentality of uh, keep moving forward because you're only going to get better and better. I, I, look, I, th- I think that is the, the key is that you're building. That's why I talk so much about brand instead of advertising. And again, there's nothing wrong with advertising. So I don't want to get bent out of shape about not liking the term. Um, but, but it's amazing how companies just, um, it's so easy for them to have a culture 
of, of positive interactions. And again, we tend to work on the communication side, but on behalf of our clients, you know, look, if we have a consistency of constantly, um, you know, illustrating and, and telling um, their prospective clients that they're really good at, you know, customer service and customer intimacy and being cozy with their customers and that they prove it over and over and over. Um, you know, that's a culture thing. That's a brand thing. It's not, it's not just an ad. ad. Um, you know, if, if Ford, or I'm sorry, if Toyota came out today and ran an ad about how much they love their customers and how cozy they are, that's totally tone deaf to what they're known for in the market. And that happens to companies of all sizes all the time. While that's an extreme example, it's, it's true. It happens all the time. So you're saying is, is to establish your brand, a strong brand early enough to be consistent throughout. Is that what you're trying to say here? Oh, absolutely. Like consist- brand consistency. Look, yeah, it's, if, if you can really manage and say from day one, we are going to own the space of, and again, I'm not, this is not um, anything new just from me, but you know, if we're going to own this particular customer intimate space and that we are consistent about that message over the course of years, even if we're using different ads, different accents, um, even different vehicles and design, but you're consistently, you know, the, let's remember the Titans offense, you know, it's like Novocaine. Um, it just, it, it starts to take effect over time. Um, and that transcends any individual touch. It's the, it's the accumulation of 50 touches. And if companies can have that discipline, um, you know, wonderful. They already have a huge advantage in the market instead of needing to pivot all the time because they um, just don't have that consistency. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, consistency is, the whole, is, is everything. Um, we're at the segment now where um, – uh, I want to know more about um, a lot of people don't know more like know about fuel VM of your story that you have for your offline background. Um, that's not on the website. And I would really like you to share that with people because it's really interesting of um, how do you start a company? I mean, even a marketing company or any company. <laughs> so I, I'd love you for you can share that story. Sure. Um, I had a very uh, in- interesting um, opening where um, I actually, had opened fuel with a partner, um, extremely talented guy. And, um, we just didn't see eye to eye. And, and it was interesting because he had been owning his own business for a little while and I hadn't. Um, so we ended up splitting apart really quickly. So in 90 days, I'd gone from gainful employment, um, left a job as my, um, first child was about to arrive in 30 days. That was a great conversation with my wife. Um, to uh, opening a company and just learning on the fly. Um, I, you know, I've tried to, exp- I love talking to young companies and young entrepreneurs um, constantly about this subject, even more so than communications, because uh, I didn't have anybody who was just going to tell me how to do it. Um, you know what? You just fall into good habits. Um, you know, hey, it was, it was fascinating because literally my partner and I split on uh, a Thursday and I was going into a big pitch on the following Monday. So for three days, I just said, Hey, I, I can't walk out without the, the, the gig and the project because I needed a paycheck. Well, fear was a really good factor 
um, to get motivated on it. So, hey, I had to prepare for that. And and a lot of those habits that I established when I'm working out of a of a dining room um, versus you know being able to work with who we work with now with uh, my team, a lot of those lessons um, stuck around. You know, being conservative with understanding cash flow, understanding um, how to manage the company on a month to month basis. Um, you know, don't overextend. Um, don't make don't make decisions based on simply on money. Um, you know, don't beat yourself up about clients and bend over backwards to create a bad situation. Because even if you've got a great client, but you have a bad situation, all you have is a bad situation. Um, a lot of those lessons, man, I took on the chin. Uh, that was, it was not pretty, but wow, I wouldn't change one second of it for, for the company that I have now. That's awesome. Um, now we're to the segment of more about you. And it is really interesting to me is um, I asked every guest here three questions, you know, what do they do for work and, and why? The second is, you know, what do they do creatively that brings back to work into life? And then the last thing is, what do they do health wise? It can be health from, oh, my gosh, um, physical, mental, spiritual. But can you answer to me? Mm -hmm. The first question is. Why did you start Fuel VM and what is your focus? Because I think you've kind of hinted on it, but I want you to, I want to hear the direct answer. Sure. Um, I, you know, look, I wanted a lifestyle business. Um, I had worked uh, in the agency universe and had had a chance to do traditional graphic design. That was my background coming out of IU. Um, but I always knew there had to be a better reason as to why I was doing something more so than a client simply telling me I like green um, and getting that message, you know, two or three bodies deep um, before I had to make a decision. And to be honest, I started the company because of um, <laughs> I just wanted to be able to do better work and be able to choose uh, the, the clients and the timeline and the environment a little better than I was when I worked for somebody else. And it really is that simple. Um, and, and the work improved, the results improved, um, my outlook on it improved. Um, doesn't mean that anybody I worked with before was doing it wrong. It just wasn't the way that I wanted to. And, um, it was pretty fascinating to be honest, because it was so satisfying at first year when you're, you're sweating it going, Oh my gosh, you know, I just need to, I don't know what I'm doing in a month or in a couple of weeks. But, hey, I got these two clients, and these two clients need work. And, oh, my gosh, I got this third client. And, and building the company to the point where you don't have to sweat that nearly as much, um, what you're doing in, in two weeks or four weeks. But, you know, it just takes time. But I built that for a lifestyle business. Um, it, was, it was for my own edification that, that my ideas were, were better than being dictated to by by. The, the clients and the and the strata in between me and the decision making. So that's where it really started. That's awesome. And that's really cool too, because I've, I've met your team. I've met the whole Fuel VM team. And I mean, you, you started, it's, it's a very relaxed, it's a very creative team. Um, and I think you, you started the, the, you just started that, um, that whole culture just right there because you guys are very mobile, you're very agile with different things. You can meet in different locations. You can meet up with clients, unlike some agencies where they just throw work at the, at the client 
um, expecting there to be results and you're growing with them, which is really cool. Um, well, it's, so it's, on to the... That's an interesting... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you go ahead. No, it's an it's an interesting comment you make about about culture because look, every, every business at some level, the the leader of the company, and I use that in air quotes for for my company, um, should be impacting the DNA. And and look, I'm a scoreboard guy. You know, if you do great work and you can argue why this is better for um, our clients or not, and for their end clients or not, it's not. Uh, you know, I'm a best idea wins kind of guy. Um, and, and I hope that, that, that comes out in the team members that we, um, train and develop, but also just who we recruit, um, you know, Hey, we're, we're kind of a, of a, of a, <laughs> of a different scene. That's for sure. No, and I, and I, I like it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a team atmosphere. It's not an individualistic atmosphere. Um, going on to your, what you do creatively that brings back into work, you've mentioned um, good design. And, and I want you to kind of expound a little bit more upon that. Um, it's interesting because that was really, you know, my, my, my teeth cutting in the professional world was simply in um, graphic design. And I still, I still keep my hands in that. So it's kind of funny because my most gratifying part of my job is still getting to do, um, you know, corp ID or, 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 you know, traditional graphic design that's almost the entertainment of my day in many ways. So th what keeps me creatively involved is that part of the business. So I really try to make sure I still keep some projects, my hands in projects instead of simply um, offloading them onto to team members um, because I still enjoy it. I mean, you know, a little secret. I just love traditional graphic design. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing how, um, you know, being able to to tell that story and help clients be able to to use those visual communications. I mean, I just I love it, absolutely love it. Um, so I'm one of the few people that actually gets uh, recharged through work, um, rather than needing to leave work in order to to have that edification. I guess. Well, I think you really love design because I think you mentioned that five times at least. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm a nerd. I can't help it. You know, <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's, it's, good. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> so on to the third part um, about what do you do for your health? And I, and I thought this was really interesting that you, 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 you mentioned to me, and I would really like you to mention it to other people um, because I don't think anybody has mentioned um, health-wise of what you've mentioned um, so far as a guest. Uh, and, and what do you mean by that? I'm sorry. Uh, it's about um, your coaching and your teaching younger people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I just kind of faded in and out. My bad. Um, oh, my gosh. There to design brain fart. I had you all on design. <laughs> <laughs> I had you all on design. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, there is. Look, and, and, and wow, I hope my team doesn't hear this. but. Um, there's just nothing better than for me to see the light bulb come on um, so that my, my, my younger teammates um, just learn, um, you know, there's nothing better than, than, than to get them to the point where they don't need me in some phase of their world 
um, because they just picked it up. I mean, that's so energizing for me. Um, and again, I, I think it's kind of strange because most people feel like they get ground down by their job. And yet I, I, I just get absolutely, um, you know, energized by seeing, you know, a young teammate, you know, see them grow. Um, you know, I got a couple of, uh, newbies I've added in the last six months and I give them a hard time, but man, the education that they, and the educational curve they have to go through in order to keep up with the 10 or 15 different, um, you know, responsibilities and projects and, and time management that they have to go through. I mean, it's amazing. And I just absolutely love that. And, and there is nothing better to me than to see them just kind of grow up, spread their wings, and then they can kind of decide, you know, hey, which, which direction do they want to go? Um, that That is far and away in any sort of professional sense, my, my favorite part of the job. Yeah, and I've seen that, and they give you a hard time back. So, I mean, it's a good – it's a good – it's just a natural, good, like, team atmosphere where you're not stuck behind cubicles. It's an active learning process. Everybody's learning. Everybody's doing a collective effort. It's kind of like um, the, the story of, like, uh, waiters pull, pulling their money, waiters and waitresses pulling their money into, into a pot and then dividing at the end of the day rather than um, the ones that are doing the best keep their own money and everybody just keeps their own money. It's just like, it's one of those, those mindsets where who's going to be, what team is going to be happier at the end of the day? Yeah. I, I am, uh, I, I talk all the time when I recruit people is that I don't want specialists. Um, I want problem solvers. Um, I'll teach you skills. I can't teach you mindset. And it's amazing how uh, it, it sometimes takes uh, a, a different form depending upon who the teammate is who's coming in. Um, but I but I talk to them all the time about how you don't work for me, you work with me. And and I I hope there's enough examples out there that that prove that that is absolutely the case because um, you know I want the I want the wins to be collective. Uh, I've worked in shops where you go, oh, that's a, you know, that's that's that designer's project or that web developer's project, and that you get real territorial about things. Well, the problem is, is that that's really selfish of the people who are working on the project or the company. How is that helping the client? And and I really try to stomp out a lot of that, um, you know, kind of attitude or auteur attitude that I experienced um, in other other places I've worked. And um, I just wanted to end it. So I, I just tried to build the culture that way. But again, that's just, um, hopefully, um, that's by example, not just by lecture. So, Well, Andrew, I love, 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 love this episode because... You talked about your passions and it made me passionate about design, even though I'm not a designer. So, and then, but more so <laughs> the passion that you give to help, um, to help other people and, and to teach things and to, and to learn from them and you to, and for them to learn from you. It's, it's, I just like talking to people like you and because it's just, it's a refreshing because there, there could be a lot of um, a-holes out there. I'm going to keep this pretty G-rated. But it's nice to see like-minded people that that love to work with other people rather than take. Nah, it's I, I, everybody that I that I've recruited into the team from from day one. 
Um, I'm always, I always feel like I am selling the company and the experience to them in order to make them better. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just not driven by dollars. You know, I, I get jazzed up about people. And, and again, I hope that that comes out. And I think that it does because I'm always fascinated by all the compliments that um, people will give me about my team and my teammates and always say things like, Hey, you, have, you know, you have a great team there. And, you know, look, part of that's just the casting director. You know, you go cherry pick the people that have the skill sets or the, to be blunt, the soft skills that, that match. And I just, I love them to death. And, and as they evolve and as the, the names may change, but, but the purpose stays and just adore it. Andrew, love it, man. I, I love the, our whole chat. I think we can even talk about how do you recruit people um, with their with your culture, but that could be that's a totally another episode right there. So I'd be happy but, uh, to. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Yeah, and I and I think the converged coffee drinkers will love this episode just with um, a, a design focus now and a, a company marketing focus. So I appreciate it, Andrew. Ah, no problem. You have a beautiful day. Talk to you soon. You too. Bye.